0: Support your journey to wellness at B I O P T I M I Z E R S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: Welcome to Stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's
2: loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. Stugas is a man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce hey, a Jewish baby. God himself would pay
1: $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stugas, and this is stupidity.
2: Here we go, Jim. God bless March, Mikey, eh? God bless March and a little bit of April, Stu. It's a great oh, point, man. because April gets left out of the equation. Just a little bit of April. Poor April. What did April ever do to anyone? Because you're Not like right. the biggest games aren't there. <laughs> right, it's most of March, and the biggest games are played in April, and yet we only call it March Madness. Yeah. So God bless March and a little bit of April little bit. Uh, Now, here's the funny thing. We're going to get you ready for the NCAA tournament with our annual, a tradition unlike any other, (laughs) our annual interview with Jay Billis, where he explains to us how he fakes it through some of these teams. Okay? And he's already admitted that to us. It is amazing. (laughs) It is laugh out loud funny. Uh, Mikey's going to ask him, like, the three key things you have to go to to sell everyone that you know who Kennesaw State is and what they're all about. Okay. Like it's the team mascot. It's this. It's the conference. You have to know their record, of course. And then from there, it's just a bunch of phrases. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, stretch the floor. uh You know, senior Good guard, guard play. play. Yeah. Right? Veteran yeah. coach uh, or one of the best young. Scrappy on defense. Right? scrappy on defense. Scrappy really, on the really, defensive end. Yeah. Really, really get after, but really get after it on the defensive end. But yes. once you establish those things, you could say anything. I give it, hey, I spent some time with the guys from Kennesaw State back in February, even though I didn't. You could say what, it gives you a license to say whatever the hell you want. And so we do this every year with Jay. And we'll ask him some serious questions because... Uh, we care about March. Uh, we're also going to have the Vermont head coach on another tradition, unlike any other, where I ask him to attend the dead show with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's a big deadhead up there in Burlington, Vermont. But here's the problem I can't even focus on March because Aaron Rodgers has Mike so distracted. I come on here, I'm excited. I want to talk to Jay Billis. I love Jay Billis. He's become a friend. I see him at Lake Tahoe every year. Uh, and I want to talk about uh, March Madness, a college hoop. And Mikey A is furious with Aaron Rodgers right now because this man has taken over everyone's life. What is, like, t- wh- what's the problem? He's coming to the Jets. I, well, we don't know that. And
1: two, like, it's it's not him. It's not even, like, his one friend. It's his, it's his camp buddies now that we're having to invite. Like, I get Alan Lazard. Like, okay, I, I get that. Oh, you want Randall Cobb because he's like your best friend. He's your will-be. But we're we're down to Mercedes Lewis. Like yeah. we're down to like the third tight end on a team of third tight ends.
2: Mike, he wants to bring his friends along for the ride. He wants to be comfortable in New York. Here's the thing. You have to realize the organization that he's going to. And you do because you've been a fan of this mess for as long as I have. It's the Jets. Most teams, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have this much leverage. Over this team, though, he has all the leverage, and he knows it, and I'm good with that. Mike, this quarterback, this kind of player, this caliber of player, never chooses the New York Jets. Aaron is choosing us. He's choosing this organization, this lousy organization. I have been a fan of this team for 40 years. They've had 35 quarterbacks. And you know what they say, Mike, when you've had 35 quarterbacks. You've never had one. Okay? So, I mean, let him. I don't care if he takes Dorsey Levins out of retirement or Jordy Nelson. I don't care. Aaron Rodgers, he's asking for Odell Beckham. That's a good thing for us. He's going to force the Jets to go out and get Odell Beckham Jr. How can you have a problem with it? How are they going to play 10 wide receivers at a time? I don't care. (laughs) You're okay Mike, with Mercedes Lewis? That's where I draw the line. <laughs> I mean, he's gone too far. Seriously. <laughs> Mercedes Lewis is like
1: 73 years old.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll take him. It doesn't matter, Mike. <laughs> I want to reiterate to you. One of the all-time great quarterbacks, okay, is a free agency. He, he's perhaps the greatest thrower of the football we've ever seen behind Tom Brady. He is a free agent. He is... This is unlike Brett Favre. Favre wanted to go to the Vikings all along. The Packers refused to trade him inside the division. So we had to use the Jets as a bridge to ultimately get to Minnesota where he was, you know, an interception away from making it to a Super Bowl with the Vikings, okay? Aaron is choosing us. <laughs> Mike, he went on a darkness retreat, and the light he saw at the end of the darkness was Fireman Ed, I mean, think. What, what do you want from him? <laughs> he's, he's choosing us like
1: like you choose to go to jail. You have two options. Yeah. He has retire and go to dead shows with you, or he has go to the Jets. And frankly, he's not sure which one it is.
2: No, you he can't do both. Pre- I mean, uh, that in an acid wow. convention. I mean, how about that? <laughs> He's my quarterback. <laughs> We've been waiting for this caliber of quarterback to be our quarterback, our entire lives. And now you're going to get upset because he wants a couple of friends to come along, even if it's a 72-year- 72-year-old seventy-two year tight end <laughs> named Mercedes Lewis. Who cares? I think Mercedes Lewis signed somewhere today, didn't he?
1: I don't think so, Did he?
2: Uh- I thought he did. I thought I read it somewhere. But if he brings Odell Beckham, Lazard, and Randall Cobb, I'm good. Who cares? Randall Cobb. Something about I'm telling you, where this all started to go downhill for the Green Bay Packers was with Randall Cobb. Like, that's where they crossed the line. And by the way, maybe he forces the Raiders' hand and, and they go get Devontae Adams. I mean, who the hell knows? This guy's got all the power. I mean, he does. Can you imagine? I'm getting out of hand now. More importantly, somewhere. we have one of the great sporting events of the year on the sports calendar coming up. And yeah, like too. you're I'm excited, you're not, you're just you're worried about I had to call you the other day to talk you off the ledge to tell you that Aaron's coming here. And you were like, How do you know? And I'm like, I just know. Don't ask how I know. I'm not gonna reveal my sources. I just know he's coming here. But I'm telling you what's holding this whole thing up is he was he wants that animal bakhtiari. And they can't find him because he's roaming the earth somewhere doing Lord knows what, chugging beers him. in the woods. <laughs> Aaron can't even get a hold of him. I mean, <laughs> Bakhtiari hibernates during the off season. <laughs> they have to wait for him to come out of hibernation in a cave just outside Bucks games. So we might be waiting for a while. <laughs> We have no choice. Let me ask you this. We are taping this on Tuesday. Okay. Tournament starts Thursday. Again, we will have the Vermont head coach. We have him on every year. My dad graduated from Vermont. My brother went there. My nephew went there. My entire family went there besides me. Okay. Uh, So we love having him on. I'll see if I can talk him into attending a dead show with me. And uh, we'll have fun with Jay Billis. But, What is it going to take me to convince you that Aaron Rodgers is coming here? And then let me ask you this, Mike. This is important. We're taping this on Tuesday. Tomorrow at around 4 o'clock, I believe it's either 2 or 4 o'clock, they can make an offer to Lamar Jackson. If you don't have an answer from Aaron Rodgers by tomorrow at that time, what do you want the Jets to do?
1: Do I have to bring all of Lamar Jackson's friends with me? (laughs) because if the answer is no I'll I'll
2: go that way I'll pivot but his friends are different he's got one friend that's named Benjamin and he wants it guaranteed (laughs) so yes I'm good with Lamar Jackson bringing all his friends Aaron Rodgers chose an organization he chose wisely here's a team that is Super Bowl ready where I'll have all the leverage over them because they've been so lousy for so long that's what he did Smart, Super it's Bowl a heavy play.
1: So I'll just replace all their Super Bowl players, their Super
2: Bowl-ready players with my now, friends. Mike, we don't have Super Bowl-ready people. Our <laughs> people aren't Super Bowl-ready. He's the reason we're going to be Super Bowl-ready. So let him bring in whoever the hell he wants. I don't care. I, he wants Jay Billis to play wide receiver. I'm good with that. Uh, he, Billis be a nice big target in the end zone.
1: <laughs> Listen, I... I... He might not be a speedster on the outside, but I guarantee you, he'll body someone up in the red zone.
2: Just throw it up to him. I mean, got <laughs> like six seven, isn't he? Did you find that anything about Mercedes Lewis? Anything?
1: Yes, he's still a free agent.
2: Oh, he is? Yes. As All right, right the girl. dream's alive. <laughs> Go get him. I hate you. Why do you hate me? You're going to be so happy soon. I mean...
1: Mercedes Lewis drawing interest from Jets and Raiders.
2: Oh, Two just awful organizations fighting over scraps. Well, the Raiders just traded Darren Waller to uh, to the Giants, right?
1: But they'll replace him with Mercedes Lewis.
2: Listen, he's a hot commodity. <laughs> and Mike, if, if you had a good friend who was so good at what it is he does, right? And he had all the power, all the leverage. Won't you commend him for bringing his friends along and making sure they have jobs well past their prime? (laughs) I'm still waiting for him to do it. (laughs) I totally boxed myself in. undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. The original light beer since 1975, you don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. My father could not join us. He graduated from UVM, but he did want me to send, and this is a weird, awkward place to start, okay? But a message from my 81-year-old dad. He loves that you can get to the dance. He does. As a Vermont grad, he loves it. He loves you. He loves the team and the program. He'd like to dance a little uh-huh. once you get to the dance. You know what I'm saying, Coach? That's his you. message. Okay. Hey, I'm tired of just getting to the dance. Let's get there and actually dance. What's your I'm response to him. my 82 year old dad?
3: I'm with him. I'm with him. Let's uh-huh. uh, let it let, let this year be the year.
2: <laughs> Why will this year be the year?
3: That's a good question. I mean, I think uh, you know, we've won fifteen in a row, second longest winning streak, you know, um, in the country, and and obviously playing a really, really good Marquette team. Um, but you know, we've been close the last couple of times we made it, lost by four to Arkansas, eight to Florida State, ten to Purdue. And but those teams were really, really big. Um, Marquette is is really talented, but physically I think You know, we'll have a chance to kind of hold up. That's the thing you worry about in those games, especially when you're a lower seed, of just kind of getting overwhelmed with the physicality and the size. Um, You know, they're more of a skilled-based team um, and really well coached. But, but just um, that's that's the first thing I always look for in these uh, in these matchups.
2: Uh, College basketball: the landscape has changed. The game has changed a lot over the last few years. And so, I was talking to Tom Izzo the other day, and we just uh, spoke to Dick Vitale. And both of those guys, not terribly comfortable. Now, they're old school, and so are you, I think. They're not yeah. terribly comfortable with some of the changes, transfer portal, NIL. How do you feel about them?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, it, it's just um, I don't love it. You know, I don't love it. Uh, the transfer portal, I you know, we're learning about both things. So the NIL stuff really hasn't hit us yet at our level there are some teams in our league that are doing it. Um, the transfer portals, another thing, you know, and, and that it appears that teams in the America East and at, at our level are going to have the opportunity um, to stay old, you know, and just not recruit high school kids anymore, just uh, get transfers, uh, you know, you, you know, with junior, senior, maybe grad transfers and just stay old. And, um, you know, I think. You know, I, I think even at the highest level now, you're starting to see that, you know, you hear John Shire talk about they get, you know, they get all freshmen, basically one and dones them in Kentucky and schools like that. And thinking about, you know, maybe staying a little bit older and and, and taking transfers and not so many high school kids. So, um, so it's just, um, you know, it's been good to us, I guess. I prefer to do some kind of blend where we have, you know, for high school kids and transfers and. Um, but I just think, you know, when you're trying to build a culture or maintain, in our case, a culture, you want to have guys that are in the program for, you know, three, four years. And so um, when you start talking about transfers, can you keep your culture and stay old? Um, you know, Providence has done a great job of doing that with Ed Cooley. And, and uh, you know, and, and so have we, I guess. But um, But I think that's the challenge.
2: But it's helped you in what way? So it's helped the smaller schools, right? Smaller programs. Because if a kid goes to one of the bigger programs, not getting the playing time, perhaps he lands at a school like yours, correct?
3: Yeah. Um, I You know, we haven't seen as much like high majors coming down to our level. They, they can usually stay up at that level. And, you know, they're accustomed to certain things, NIL money, facilities and stuff like that, that they're not going to find at every uh, program our level. Um, you know, so... But I just think it's, yeah, you have an opportunity to go out and and uh, um, you know maybe get a kid that you lost to an A-10 school or or a school at your level or, or slightly above, um, and that's you know wants to either win or got run out. You know, usually we're not taking kids that you know didn't play at that level, but um, but it, there's just a lot of lot of moving parts. And, and last year, for instance. We went after all high major kids and, you know, it was a longer process and, but, you know, and lost and didn't get any of them. By the time we went back into the portal, um, a lot of kids are gone. So it's, it's kind of like speed dating, you know, it's, it's pretty quick, you know, right. and, and you got to get to know each other real quick and, and, uh, and you got to be careful because uh, if you take the wrong ones, um, you know, you know, that's not going to be good for your program, obviously.
4: Coach, you said that you haven't really dipped your toe in the NIL water so far. I'm looking through your university's notable alum, and I feel like we should be. You know what I mean? Like Ben Affleck, what is he doing? What's Tim Thomas doing? Mm -hmm, What's John Dewey doing? You know what I mean? Dirk's Bentley. Why can't some of these people be sending some money your way? Got some basketball players. Then we can dance. Why don't you actually – You should hit my dad
2: up for a few bucks, actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I will. I will. I will. Yeah.
3: Um, Yeah. That's yeah, a great question. You know, it's a great question, mm. and, and fundraising and development and things like that. Um, we're we're in the pro- we were in the process of building a brand new facility, which is which was going to be a huge deal for us. Um, and then the pandemic hit. We raised all mm. the money for it. Pandemic hit. They shut it down. Now we got to raise another $40, dollars to to restart that project. So he's uh, good for it. Yeah, he is yeah, good for so, it. Yeah. 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 If you know anyone that can cut a check, let me know.
2: All right, my dad, uh, and he will get. <laughs> but, but he needs you to dance a little bit, okay? Like yeah, he wants to well, see no, some dancing. I don't know, oh.
3: chicken or the egg here. I mean, you know, is Affleck ever the around the he's program, the
2: money, or what is he doing? What, that... is, does Affleck ever come around the program, or or not? No, no, yeah. huh. no. Nope. matter. Before, yeah. You know what? Rosillo is the guy you need to hit up. Brian Rosillo is my guy. Rosillo is wow. my guy.
3: He's uh, yeah. he's 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 my guy. But uh, he, he's been great.
2: Uh, Billy, the guys who own uh, Guzmani Gomez, all the taco joints I tell you about. One of them's a, a Vermont grad. He's wow. worth like a hundred million. Hit him up, coach. He's a Vermont grad. Right. My best friend. Mm-hmm. Hey,
3: you send me that list you got. You got a better list than I do. <laughs> there
2: you go. You want me to help you out? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm the only one in my family who didn't go to your school, though. I mean, the only person.
3: Well, you can, be the, you can be the one that gives. That makes sense. Yeah,
2: we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about coaching, Coach? Because you it, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, you left coaching for a little bit, or you were thinking about leaving coaching for a little bit, and I coached my daughter's lacrosse uh, team for about 10 years, and I swore to myself when it was over, it was over. Yet a funny thing happened along the way. I have found an incredible void in my life. Like, it's missing. I'm missing it deeply. And so I wanted to ask you, a couple of the coaches cutting it up right now, I wanted to ask you, what is it about coaching that keeps you coming back, man? Because I want to get back to it.
3: I know. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I had a, you know, I, my first coaching job was at Gallaudet University, which is the only four-year school for deaf and hard of hearing in Washington, D.C., a Division three school. Did that for five years. It was a part-time job um and uh after five years i was just burnt out working a full-time job coaching in the afternoon and nights trying to start a family and um and i you know i just i i I had to get out um for financial reasons and i got out for a couple years and yeah i felt that same void it's like something that gets india and, and uh it's hard to replace you know and i think it's just being part of something um the you know competitiveness of it uh, the challenge, it's really hard to do the challenge of it. And, and, um, you know, now as I'm, you know, in my mid fifties, certainly being around, you know, college age kids, I mean, helps keep me young and and energized. And, um, and it's, um, I don't, it's, it's a great question, but once you kind of get that bug, it's hard to get rid of. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm super fortunate that, uh, I was able to, uh, you know, become a head coach at a a great place like Vermont. And um, I'm I'm really blessed and uh, fortunate to to be able to do this for for a living.
2: Do you have an example of your, of the kids on the team trying to make you feel like an old man?
3: (laughs) Well, last year, (laughs) last year uh, we got, uh, we were in, we were also in the tournament. We had a kid, Justin Missoula on our team. He was a senior um, whose brother is Joe Missoula, the coach of the Celtics, but um, we got brand new, uh for the playoffs we got brand new jordan threes green and black and really cool looking and and uh i threw them on for you know practice before our first playoff game and i came out and uh justin said to me he's like coach you can't wear those shoes you're too old to wear those shoes <laughs> <laughs> completely shamed me in front of everyone i ran back in <laughs> the locker room and took them off and put on some white you know orange <laughs> shoes that old guys wear i guess but uh
2: no, yeah, I think they, you should uh, sink it like to your to old that, age, Coach. Yeah. Tell him to go bleep himself, that kid. I mean, uh, I thought it was funny. I, I, I <laughs> love that. they love to give me a hard time. Have you tried uh, some Grateful Dead music on your kids? Or no? Uh, you
3: I, you know what? Not too much, but, uh, but uh,
2: I do love the Grateful Dead. I know you do. Uh, are you yeah. going to uh, any of the shows for the final tour, Dead and Company, coming up this summer?
3: Yeah, we usually a couple of my buddies here, we usually take one trip out um, somewhere and play a couple rounds of golf and and see a show. So I think this year it's going to be in Cincinnati. Um, And then uh, they're recreating the uh, Barton Hall show uh, up in uh, at Cornell um, in May. And so um, I'm hoping to go to
2: that. I am going to that. Uh, if oh, you would yeah. like to join me, yeah, they're make, they're doing the the famous show from uh, a yeah. Hall, 1977. Yes, right, yeah, 5877.
3: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah I'm, I, I, uh, pre order tickets. We'll see if I can get them, but uh, but that's gonna be awesome. That's gonna be a
2: really cool. Coach, thing. listen, uh. I can get you tickets. Hmm. You don't have to pre-order right. anything. Me and you at a dead show. Nothing would make me happy. I'll bring my dad. I mean, <laughs>
3: perfect. Let's do it. Let's do We're it. In? You got my you, number. You got have my him number. I'll bring his
2: checkbooks to God.
3: Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you should have to pre-order He's the head coach of UBM. Come on, you're in the tournament. I'm just an, I'm just an average gel, I guess, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you're a 15 seed taking on Marquette. I feel like your team deserved a better fate than a 15 seed. I really do. I think you're better than that, and I think that's part of the. Problem problem as to why you don't get to dance once you get to the dance you know what i'm saying they they disrespect you
3: yeah i don't you know i trust those people you know that that the committee i guess you know we've been a 13 seed the last three times we've been in um you know i thought we would get to a 14 seed we had a top 30 non-conference schedule the problem with our non-conference issue we played you know two home games and every other game on the road and uh We just if we had gotten one or two of those games, I think we, you know, I was trying to get to a 12 seed. Um, Unfortunately, we got off to a two and seven start this year and we're not able to capitalize on any of those opportunities. You know, at St. Mary's, at Fullerton, at USC, we almost had USC, um, at Yale, at Iona. Um, You know, we just weren't able to capitalize on any of those opportunities. So I think that probably came back to hurt us.
2: It's such a cruel profe- uh, profession in that when you win, it's just move on to the next one. When you lose, they stick with you forever, right?
3: It's it's yeah, absolutely. That's that's the problem with the gig. It's just uh, <laughs> the wins you expect, the losses, you know. You just uh, you're right. You carry them with them with
2: you for a while. What's the one this year that was it USC? The one that that sticks with you the most?
3: There's a couple USC, Cal State Fullerton, who made it was in the tournament last year, made it to the championship game this year. Uh We had two free throws at the end of the game to win it. Um We make one missed a second one, go to double overtime, lose that one in a heartbreaker when we were desperately needing a win. Um, You know, the Iona game was brutal. We were out in California for a week, flew cross country, drove up to Mohegan sun and played a really good Iona team. We'd been off a week and they just, they hammered us right from the jump. Um, So, that that little run we we lost Iona and, and Yale by twenty um back to back um after losing three in California. So that that was probably the low point there because uh not that not that we shouldn't lose you know, that we couldn't lose to those teams, but um we weren't really as competitive as we should have been. So there's a lot. Don't get me I don't want to talk about the losses. that huh? We're on a 15
2: minute. I'm sorry. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to bring. I'm sorry to bring up John Becker, with us, the head coach of the University of Vermont. Dick Vitale said this is the most wide open tournament he's ever seen in all of his years, 50 years uh, covering college basketball. Do you agree?
3: Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, you just this this year in general. I mean, the, the top 25 every week would just turn over from top to bottom. UNC's number one team in the country to start the year doesn't make the tournament. I mean, there's just. uh You know, it's it's all about and regard every year. This tournament is about matchups, um, and uh, but more than that, it's just uh, yeah. I think it it's wide open Um, this year. It should be really exciting, and um, I can't wait to uh, to jump on that plane tomorrow and get out to Columbus and start uh, you know feeling the energy.
2: What can you tell us about Marquette in terms of what concerns you uh, the most about that team? They're they're good, coach.
3: They're really good. Yeah, I mean, just offensively um you know figuring out how to stop them um tyler Kolick, who's a new england kid we recruited you know i recruited out of high school went to george mason and then transferred to marquette great kid great family um and you know i've I've watched them because i i've followed i've followed his career and um they're just really good and he's kind of the the head of the snake he just is a guy that uh makes the right play every time down, they spread you out, put you in ball screens and um, he can kind of pick you apart. And then they got a lot of guys that, uh, um, you know, can score. And, but the thing, you know, when you watch them and, and, you know, there's some similarities I think to to our team in, in kind of, what we run and how we play, but, but also like how connected of a group they are. They're really, um, you can tell, uh, are really connected, like playing with each other, uh, and, uh, you know, hold each other to a high standard and accountable and, and things like that. So third team that just, you know, you got to beat them. They're not going to beat themselves.
2: Uh, again, uh, I really want to see you guys get a victory here or two or six. That'd be awesome. Um, that would be awesome. Dad went there. Brother went there. His son went there. My nephew, uh, my brother's wife went there. So it's a family affair at That's the University the- of Vermont. What would you tell them and me and your fans? Hey, we have to do this. If these two or three things happen, we will beat Marquette in the first round.
3: I think we have to make a lot of threes um and we've got to uh we've got to rebound the ball. I mean, if the, if we can force them in the misses we can't let them get another opportunity. So, um I think those two things are are going to be key. Um and um you know, I I like where this group is at. You know, we've come overcome a lot of adversity this year. Seven new players. It was supposed to be kind of a transitional year for for our program and uh got off to a slow start, but we're playing really good basketball right now and and um you know, we've got really good, old good guard play. Big guards, six six two, six six guards that can really play. Player of the year in our conference. So, I love this team, and and uh, they're they're excited, and we'll be ready to go, and and uh, hopefully we find some magic uh, out in Columbus.
2: Coach, I will tell you one of my seventy-four brackets I filled out. I did punch you into the final four. In wow. One of them, I did. I in one of them. That. Just one of them, yes. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that's very generous of you. <laughs> You're welcome. It's the least yeah. I can do. I'll hey, try to raise money for you as well. Okay? Yeah,
3: perfect, perfect. It's been a very productive call. All
2: right, uh, get out of here. We appreciate it. Good luck to you. I, please stick around. I want to have you on every week. Okay, like I want perfect. I want this to last till April.
3: Perfect. Yes. Let's, uh, I hope that happens and uh, okay. I appreciate you having me on and uh, let's stay in touch.
2: All right. Barton Hall, me and you. A little golf. Go. Where do you play I golf in it. Ithaca? There's nowhere to go around there. Yeah, I know that that
3: trip might just be uh, the show. No golf,
2: but, uh, but <laughs> on the show, the, the show's fine by me. That's good. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, coach. Good luck against uh, Marquette. And we, uh, well, listen, if I talk to you next week, it's because you're still around. That's, <laughs> that would be a good thing. Good luck to you. Let's go. Appreciate it. Peace. All right, we're going to get you ready for March. It's a tradition unlike any other, where Jay Billis comes on. Now, he's already acknowledged to us several years ago that he's making shit up, okay? That there's no way he can watch every single team. And so when they throw it to him and ask him about a team on the ESPN desk, not only has he acknowledged it, but he and his friends laugh about it. Like They're like, (laughs) Jay, you've never seen Kennesaw State. And he's like, I know, but I could just... Mm-hmm. I can get through it, and that's why I started that bit a few years ago on the Levitard Show, where if you just use some common March March and a little bit of April uh, phrases, then uh, then you're fine. Like, they can really stretch the for, uh, floor. They have experience, guard play, good coach, solid coach, uh, really get after it defensively, <laughs> like stuff like that. You can make it seem like you're an expert on Kennesaw State. I just I did it. I feel
1: like... I feel like the trick is, and what Jay has done, is memorizing all the mascots so that he can always throw the mascot in there. So they could be like, oh, what did you think of uh, Fairfield? they be like, oh, the Stags. Like, and then yeah. just go so that you yes. could be like, oh, he obviously knows who we're talking about. He called us the Stags. That, like, that's that exactly not... what he does well.
2: That is the key to, uh, to to doing it. In fact, I think, Mike, we should ask him the four most important things to faking your way through a team, or, like, the three most important teams. I do believe the team mascot <laughs> is one of them, okay? So it's like Kennesaw State, since I brought them up. Uh, I believe that they're the Owls. Let me check. I'm checking on that.
1: FAU is the Owls.
2: <laughs> oh, what is Kennesaw State. Hold on. This is very, 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 very exciting. They're also the owls. That- <laughs> They're the owls <animals> too. <laughs> Couple of owls cutting it up. Couple of owls. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Scrappy the owl. So that's what you like. You say, ah, the owls out of the a and then from there you are good. I think the key is the owls and the conference, and yeah. you're good, right?
1: If you get those two things, then I immediately think you know what you're talking about.
2: And, you, and, and he's already admitted he doesn't. Right. And, like, what's the big deal? Like, what's the harm? Like, no one's going to check you. Like, you could even say this. Hey, I spent some time with Kennesaw State back in February. One of the great young coaches we have in America. I am telling you, they believe in whatever it is he's selling. <laughs> and they stretch the floor.
1: <laughs> good guard play. They got good length.
2: Kennesaw State actually starts four guards. (laughs) All right, it's an annual tradition. Unlike any other, we fake our way through the NCAA tournament with Jay Billis, the lead college basketball analyst uh, for ESPN. I can't watch you do it anymore. After your big reveal a couple of years ago on the show, knowing that it's impossible to size up all 60 whatever teams that are in the tournament, there's no way you've watched them all, but you have figured out a way to present to us that you know everything about everyone and every team in America. And I got to be honest, Jay, I can't watch it without laughing
4: anymore. <laughs> well, I have watched them all. I, I mean, know. I haven't watched the intimate stuff, but right. but uh, but I can I can BS my way through just about, not is a little bit harder, uh, right. but, but just about any sport I can BS my way through.
2: Okay, well, we're going to give you choices and we'll give you time to think about it. We're going to see if you, Jay, whichever one you want. You could BS your way through the Best Picture nominees from this year's Oscars, okay? Or low-level free agency in the NFL, meaning not Aaron Rodgers, but kickers like Greg Zerline, okay? Uh, you could size him up for us. Or the top four quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft, okay? <laughs> like whichever, whichever one you want, but we'll give you some time to think about it, okay? And I see you thinking right now. What are you thinking
4: early on? Just so we're clear, going outside the box and going Oscars because I haven't seen any of the movies. Oh, that's so good. You, you didn't see Maverick, huh? I saw Maverick. Yeah. Okay. But I right. I, uh, I I'm actually uh, still a member of the Screen Actors Guild, so I get I still get all the movies to vote on the SAG awards. <laughs> right. uh, but I haven't looked at, I haven't looked at any of them.
2: Okay, but you feel like you could BS your way through through all. We'll skip Maverick because that's an easy one. But you could BS your way through the other ones, right? Sure. Oh my God, I love you. <laughs> and I shouldn't have said that. Jay Billis does watch every game, but Mikey A and I were laughing. Watches every team. He knows about every team. And we'll get to the tournament in a second. But what? What are the three staples, Mikey A? What were we talking about? Like the three staples that you had to say early on, Jay, to make it seem like you know you're an expert on Kennesaw State.
1: <laughs> How does I, that work? It, it was no. It was no the mascot. Yes. It was know what the mascot is, know the conference, yes, and know the coach. I think those were the three. If you could, if you know those three things, you can make me believe anything you say afterwards is absolute fact.
4: Is that fair, Jay? Um, I don't know that the mascot does me a lot of good, um, but but you can sometimes tell when somebody starts off by saying, "Well, so and so, the coach did a has, does such a great job." They probably <laughs> haven't seen the team play. <laughs>
2: They don't know the coach's name? They just call him the coach?
4: No, no, no. They they, they know the guy's name. But, but right. but you know, with a team, I usually don't lead off with the coach. I, I lead off with the players because those are the ones that have to do it all. I've gotten of with Mikey where if you
2: say the Owls out of the A-Sun and they start four guards, he like, gives you permission to say whatever the hell you want after that. Like, hey, I spent time with this team back in January, even though you didn't.
4: Like, who's going to check on it, you know? Well, they're not going to check on any of it anyway,
2: <laughs> but, but,
4: but it, I guess if you distract them with the mascot and they're going, God, I didn't know Kennesaw State was the owls. So uh, <laughs> then, then whatever you say after that just slides, slides right through. Uh, yes, you're right. Uh, let's get to
2: the actual tournament because, and we'll, we'll finish up with you faking your way through the best movies at the Oscars this year. Uh, but I am wondering, like you played at Duke, you know, John Shire. Uh, did you think Shire would be this good this quickly as a head coach at Duke?
4: I didn't know how quickly I knew he would be this good because he is this good. He's the real deal. And, you know, when, when you're dealing with freshmen and they had a bunch of injuries to start the year, uh, uh, he built the team on defense and and set a defensive foundation with the team. And he was really patient and patient through times where, there was criticism coming, uh, and an example of that is they've got a, a big guy named Derek Lively II who was the number one-ranked high school player last year, and he was injured to start the year, so he wasn't playing and he wasn't practicing. And when he did get to play, people were like, this is the number one high school player of the, uh, last year? Like, really? And he was getting criticized, and and I can't imagine today for a younger, younger player when Twitter and uh, Instagram and all that stuff's going after you but uh, John kept them in it and, and he talked to the players about what they were capable of doing rather than you know sort of what their results were. Like, and that's part of this, you know, the analytics and your record. Like your record tells you what you've done. It doesn't tell you what you're capable of doing. And he kept them focused on what they were capable of doing. And everything came together uh, toward the second half of the season. and, they, 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 and offensively early on, they weren't proficient. Uh, didn't shoot the ball well. And you're, you know, after a while you're going, Duke can't shoot. And he kept telling them, no, we can shoot. We haven't made him yet. We can really shoot. And now, you know, you're seeing that and he just kind of stayed the course. It was really impressive.
2: Uh, down year for the ACC. I'm not certain why people are saying that because I, I happen to think that it was a pretty good year, not a traditional year. Carolina didn't make the tournament. We'll get to them bailing on the NIT in a second here, but um, I think Miami's a really good team and a team that can go to the final four. Like I thought, I think the ACC teams are pretty good this year, Jack.
4: Well, you can, you can have that and still be a down year. Okay. Um, so I think, I think it is a down year for the ACC because in, in past years, not last year, but in past years, we've been talking about how many number one overall seeds the league is going to get and how many ones and twos, and you know, they're going to get eight teams in the tournament or whatever. Um, this year it, w- it was five and uh, I thought it should have been six with Clemson, but uh, there were a bunch of teams that were close to the line and they were sweating it out like Pittsburgh and NC State were sweating it out on selection Sunday as to whether they were going to get in and Clemson didn't uh, the best teams are Duke and Virginia and duke was a 5 seed I, I thought they should have been a 3 but still is a 3 you would say well that's not a you know duke's usually a 1 2 something like that right and then virginia i think was a 4 seed so it was a down year but that said the the teams that are in like i agree with you that miami as long as north chat is healthy uh miami's legit they went to the elite 8 last year and uh um so I think the separation between the top teams and all these different leagues is pretty slim. Um, uh, but but it, both those things can be true. They, the ACC can have a down year and the teams that got in are capable of doing very well.
2: I was talking uh, with Tom Izzo last week and Dick Vitale actually earlier today. And I, I got the sense from them um, that college basketball has lost its charm a bit. And what I mean by that is, It's funny, we were on the show today talking about who the Texas head coach was, and Mike Ryan asked, isn't it Rick Barnes? And I said, I think he was three coaches ago. Maybe it's Shaka Smart. And Dan said, I think that's two coaches ago, and we didn't know the Texas head coach, and they might be the best team in the country. Um, But with all the player movement and the coach movement, has college basketball lost its charm, Jay? Because part of the charm was, Patrick Ewing would be at Georgetown for three or four years with Reggie Williams and David Wingate, and you guys would stay at Duke. And Coach K was the coach, and John Thompson was the coach, and we've kind of lost that. We've lost. It's kind of lost its
4: way a bit. I feel. I don't agree. I mean, that was forty years ago, and right. and people didn't watch as much uh, of, consume as much of the sport as they do now. Like back then, game of the week was literal. There was only one game on nationally a week, and then you had uh, maybe some local stuff that you saw. So people didn't watch as much, and they certainly didn't have as many choices. So the players today are way more well-known than they were back then. And most of the people that are saying it's lost their charm have have lost their ability to walk without a walker. Like we're we're harking back to our younger days when when, uh, things were different. And, you know, you can make that argument that television was better back then. Remember, we used to sit by on Sunday night. We would we would all watch it together. You know, when this came on or that came. Well, it doesn't work that way anymore. You can stream everything now and you can binge watch it and watch it when you feel like it. Um, And you don't have to flip channels anymore. You can watch whatever you want. So TV's lost its charm in that regard. Um, But if you want guys to stay four years, um, all they have to do is pay them. Like, they didn't have a choice back then. The guys have choices now, and so they're right. taking those choices. And the, and the truth is, people don't like it. Like, boy, I really miss the days when people had to work for free and I got to enjoy it. Well, I'm sorry. That that charm's gone, and it should be. There's no way that, that it should be like it was for, for forever.
2: I also find it interesting that the bigger schools, that the Tom Izzo Michigan State's, they don't like the transfer portal, but we spoke to the Vermont head coach, and he loves it because – guys who don't work out at places like Michigan State and now transfer to uh, Vermont and play all they want. And so I think it's interesting, depending on who you speak to, uh, as to whether or not they like it. Vermont loves it. Michigan State hates it.
4: Well, and I, I understand that. Tom and I talk about this a lot. And, and, look, it is different for a guy like Tom where, you know, it's, it's harder to establish the same kinds of, of relationships with players that you used to be able to do. Uh, and, and he has to go into the transfer portal sometimes too. Um, you know, Joey Hauser, one of his best players and, uh, Tyson Walker, uh, the, those guys, Tyson Walker's from Northeastern. North Joey Hauser came in from, from Marquette. Um, so it's, it's different. Um, and some people say, well, it's more transactional. It was transactional then too. You offered him a scholarship. The guy wouldn't come in there without the transaction of the scholarship. Right. Uh, so, so it's a little bit different, but um it's just something that everybody kind of has to get used to the thing i like the best about it is uh there are a bunch of players in the tournament this year that that people know now not because of the tournament but they know them now because they're playing on bigger stages right so if a guy kills it at vermont to your choice uh, or to your example, if guys there and and he gets really good and decides, you know what, I want to transfer to Michigan State and play in the Big Ten and play on a big stage. Now everybody knows who that kid is. Mm-hmm. And so before, it, it required to toil in anonymity at Vermont for for four years, and uh, and that would be the end of it. And uh, I like it that they can change their circumstances if they choose.
2: Jay, did you ever consider coaching?
4: Yeah, I did. I was an assistant at Duke uh, in the 90s, early 90s. And then uh, and then I, you know, with my law degree, I decided to be a lawyer. But I've had offers over the years to get back into it and just decided for family reasons, it wasn't the best thing.
2: Uh, I I asked that because uh, we were laughing. Uh, Jay Wright looks 15 years younger since he retired. Like he was good looking when he was coaching at Villanova. But I saw him on the CBS set the other day and that guy looks as relaxed as I've ever seen him.
4: Well television will wear them out it's such a grind you know <laughs> I don't think people realize when you leave the cushy a cushy coaching job that right. all you have to do is is sit there and tell somebody else what to do and you get to wear shorts to work every day and then you go into the the, the heavy lifting grind of broadcasting, I think he'll find out the mistake that he made.
2: <laughs> Jay billis is with us getting us ready uh, for March. Who is the best team you saw this uh, this year, Jay?
4: Boy, Al- Alabama was awfully, awfully difficult to uh, to say anyone else. I mean, they're they're super talented. They're young, but uh, they they they're resilient. I, I had them several times this year, and it seemed like every game, you know, they were they were up against it. I had them on the road every time, and they came back and won these games that they should have lost. That most teams would have lost. Most older teams would have lost. Um, so I was, I was really impressed with them throughout the course of the year. And, and Houston was as consistent as anybody. Uh, they don't shoot it as well as Alabama does, don't score it as easily. But nobody's, uh, nobody's a knockout punch team this year. Like there's nobody I felt like a couple years ago when Baylor and Gonzaga played for the national championship. I would have been really surprised if they weren't in the Final Four. I wouldn't be surprised if any of the top seeds, ones and twos, if they lost on their way there. I, you know, obviously, they're not all going to lose. Uh, but but it wouldn't surprise me to see a, a final four that's got a couple of twos and uh, a four or something like that, and none of the ones make it because it it it's just they're not knockout punch punch teams.
2: Of the teams you uh and I know you've watched tape on all of them, but of of maybe let's go from five seed up to I guess a sixteen seed. Now, are there a handful of teams that you think that Jay Billis thinks could find themselves in the Final Four? It, like, I don't know, a Miami is one that we discussed who's a five seed. Is there Are there any other teams that you're thinking, hey, if that team gets on a run, they could find themselves playing in the Final Four?
4: Yeah, Miami could do it if Norchad Amir is healthy. Uh, they got a, a difficult draw. They played Drake in the opening round, and then the winner of Indiana, Kent State. And, and neither one of those teams will be fun to play against. But that's in Houston's bracket. So they would have to go through like uh, Houston and uh, Texas and maybe Houston to get there. So it's unlikely. It's unlikely for everybody to get there. It's difficult right. to do. I think UConn is uh, is a, a good team. They got a tough draw um, because they play likely to play a couple pressing teams to start out. Like Iona presses a lot and they've got really good guards. And, uh, and they actually have a 7-4 player. But um, but they can tempo you and try to take some of the big guys out, and if they can turn you over a little bit, all of a sudden you start getting tight and they start getting loose, and, and things can get away. I still think Gonzaga is uh, is undervalued. Uh, they're a three seed this year, which is like a you know people look at it as a huge failure. But Most teams uh, from smaller conferences that uh, they'd hang a banner a banner for a three seed, and everybody's disappointed. Um, I think Memphis. Uh, can beat Purdue in the second round. Uh, they got to beat Florida Atlantic first, which is not going to be easy. But um, not a good team, Jeff. They're really good. And then another team I think is kind of kind of interesting is Creighton. Like I thought Creighton was Final Four good before the season started, and they ran into a, a couple of rough patches during the year. But uh, their point guard Ryan Nemhard is Andrew Nemhard's brother, who's now playing in the NBA. Played at Gonzaga, uh, Florida first, then Gonzaga and and, uh, and then they got this kid, Baylor Shireman, who played uh, at South Dakota State, was a darling of the tournament last year, transferred in. He's six eight, left-handed, can shoot it. A great passer, great defensive rebounder. And uh, Creighton has rim protection. Uh, they got a kid named Ryan Kalkbrenner who can uh, block a lot of shots, and he's really an efficient big guy. So I wouldn't be surprised if Creighton uh, you know gave everybody a a run in the uh, in the south. But Arizona and Alabama are the two best teams in that region.
2: Uh, how about your buddy, Chris Collins, Northwestern? Can they make a, a little bit of a run here? I was surprised to see that they had such a good season.
4: Yeah, I mean, they're really good defensively. They don't score that easily. Um, right. And that's probably the one problem. I mean, for people who are filling their brackets out, uh, if you look at some of the analytics, it can be helpful, like uh, Kenpom.com and stuff like that, where if you're in the top 25 in both offensive and defensive efficiency, you're a pretty good bet to to go – far in the tournament if you're not uh and and northwestern is is highly ranked in defense but not highly ranked in offense and they play boise state to start out and uh boise can cause them some problems because they can shoot and uh and they're uh, boise's really good defensively too so it could be a it's not going to be a high scoring game is my sense and and you kind of favor boise state in that game a little bit even though they're the they're the underdog
2: uh you're right after boo Booey, there's not a lot of guys on that team that can actually score the basketball so that's problematic for for northwestern any issues with north carolina missing or skipping the nit seems weak to me
4: only if you if you quarrel with the name of the tournament which is the national invitation tournament and if you get an invitation you should be allowed to turn it down the whole thing is one big rsvp right um i don't i don't have any problem with it i just can't think of anything worse than if the players don't want to play and the fans don't want to watch it and the coaches don't want to do it then why would you do it you know, the NIT was really – it can be really value if you got a young team and you want to give them some extra reps and extra practice. But they're not a young team, North Carolina. And, uh, and so I don't have any problem with it. Um, but I can see how other people do, and reasonable minds can differ on it. But, but if people think that, that somehow college basketball is diminished – um, holy cow, like, why do we care about the NIT if it's diminished?
2: Because um, it, the, the message that Carolina gave is like, hey, we're too big for the NIT. That's 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 the way it came off to a lot of people. I don't really well, care, it, to be honest with you, Jeff.
4: <laughs> I don't either, but right. but there's a part of me that thinks that maybe they are too big for it, right? Um, you know, it, it's not going to be, they'd probably get a home game. I don't know what kind of crowd they'd get. Um, you know, are they going to make any money out of it? The NIT is not a big money-making event, and uh, and I tend to I tend to agree with it. Um, I, I don't think we need an NIT. The reason we have one is because the NCAA law, was about to lose a lawsuit to the NIT, and they had to buy it as part of the settlement. So they kept it. and And look, I'll respect all these different teams, but I, I mean, the the committee spoke, and they took the the sixty eight. And I think everybody else needs to move on. But but reasonable minds can differ on that one, too.
2: Uh, Rick Pitino, before we get to uh, you faking your way through uh, the Oscars, Rick Petino to St. John's, good fit?
4: Rick is a good fit anywhere. He'll, he'll do great anywhere. And I, I think especially for St. John's that needs an injection of uh, energy and uh, and. And having his name there and his coaching ability, I think it'd be great if he decides to take it. It sounds like he's really thinking about it because he's been talking about it publicly. Um, so, uh, yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great to have him sort of back in the day-to-day where you can see him more often. And, you know, you have to search for, for the Iona games, and I did, but but I'd love to be able to see him more often. Uh, Jim
2: Boeheim quickly had a complicated, somewhat complicated career, um, and he's retired now and well, he'll say Syracuse, they made that decision, but whatever. Uh, how would you summarize Bayheim's career?
4: I think one of the truly great coaching careers in the game's history. You know, he not only won over a thousand games, which only two coaches have ever done that in, on the men's side, Coach K and, and Jim Bayheim, but he, he did it. He never lost his sort of Big East. Um, remember back in the day, the Big East coaches were characters. Yes, And now you got to be more corporate and he never lost kind of the character uh, thing. Uh, He's always done it his way. And I mean that in the most positive sense. Um, And and look, Stu Gatz, when you stick around that long, um, nothing is going to have the perfect ending, you know, for coaches when it's that long a period of time, it's so few get to kind of choose their, their landing. But I look at it the same way I did with you know for our age, like Willie Mays, his last last year with the Mets when it didn't work out for him in the World Series. He was probably seventy three when they played uh, played the A's. He didn't have a good series, and people thought he was old, all that stuff. Um, but at the end of it, you're left with one of the great players of all time that brings a smile to your face when you think about it. And and for Jim, I feel the same way about him in basketball. Like you know, he's been an innovator and. Uh, you know, you won't be able to think about Syracuse without his name coming into your mind for the rest of our lives.
2: Uh, No doubt about it. All right, we're going to get to the movies. Um, But first, if you wouldn't mind, like is you were a witness to perhaps the worst golfing advice that anyone has ever given anyone. And you called me out for it. Uh, And then I read an article later on that said, indeed, the worst advice you can give any new golfer is to simply keep your head down. (laughs) <laughs> I meant to send it to you and I forgot to, um, is it, is it indeed the worst advice you can give a new golfer? Because we see Jay every year at Lake Tahoe, Mike Ryan was out there. I was on the driving range. Mike is not very good. I told him to keep his head down and Jay just shred me,
4: <laughs> he shredded me apart.
2: Um, it's the worst advice ever, right?
4: Yeah. And I, I think there's a, there, there's probably worse <laughs> advice that was, was muttered on that range. I mean, <laughs> I do not consider myself a knowledgeable golfer. Like right. I'm a single digit handicap. I play a lot. I really enjoy it, but I didn't grow up playing. And so there's still so there's, there's far more about the game. I, I don't know than I know, but one thing I do know <laughs> that the last place you should ever take advice is on a driving range from somebody who's near you. It, it should be from a PGA professional that that's as, that's probably as good uh, for you taking like, Uh, health advice on what you should do on a health matter from somebody that's outside of a supermarket. (laughs) There's nothing. You never offer golf advice to anyone? No. Why would I tell somebody if I was so good, I'd be playing somewhere else. Like why would I tell somebody else? Right. And, uh, uh, and, and that's the last place they want to hear it. But you know, Meanwhile you got a guy you know Hazel rocketing shots into the into the media center and you you know your response is keep your head down
2: and I had money against them like he was playing I'm the one giving him advice and he and I had a bet on the round and so
4: there were 50, there were 50 other things that you could have told him that, that he was doing worse than whether his head was moving a little bit I recall giving him I recall actually you know trying to make up for your egregious error yeah. And telling him something and having him having it work out very well. He played great that day, and he thanked you afterwards.
2: <laughs> he did. He really had a round, the round of his life, I might say. He shot 108. I mean, <laughs>
4: I don't think I want to take credit for that one.
2: No, you should because it would have been like 144 had you not given him that <laughs> advice. That's how bad he is. Mike used a driver in a par three at my course.
4: <laughs> it works. Doesn't matter what you hit.
2: Jay, he stuck it five inches from the hole. I'm not even joking. It's one of the great golf shots I've ever seen. Must have been a lot of wind. He teed it up very high. <laughs> all right, here we go. Are you ready for the best yes. picture nominees? Okay, uh, so you saw Maverick. All right, let's start with. Uh, well, let's start. Let's start at the top. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Jay Billis, what do you think of that movie? It was nominated
4: for best picture.
1: It won Best
4: Picture. Stu everything, everywhere, all at once. The screenplay was magnificent. Just the pacing, it was beautiful. The cinematography, I I think, left something to be desired, but the way the film was written uh, was was gorgeous. And the soundtrack, uh, I think, was was fabulous. Uh, It's going to be one of the all-time great films that I think will stand the test of time.
2: Holy shit. He's good at this. This is ridiculous. He's right about everything. I mean, he is <laughs> I mean, he cleaned up at the Oscars. All right, let's go to a uh, tar.
4: Go ahead, tar tar left me with a feeling that it was un- unfinished, that it was a, a beautiful concept that was rushed through. And the film editing though, I had to say was, was next level. Because it took some sequences that uh, that perhaps uh, at the beginning didn't make sense and put everything into context at the end. So I I thought, uh, I, thought it, I thought the I thought that film editing saved it. Okay, uh, let's go. Triangle
2: of Sadness. Can you muster anything up with Triangle of Sadness?
4: Triangle of Sadness actually made me happy. It was so uplifting. How could a movie that's named triangle of sadness and brings you in expecting to be morose i was tapping my feet throughout the entire film uh i i did i did feel that the the wardrobe um you know usually costumes and wardrobe are an overlooked uh part of a film but i thought i thought they nailed it i thought they nailed it you know for a period for a period piece to come off that well i i was blown away
2: fucking awesome. I'm going to ask you one low-level free agency and just see if you can muster it up, okay? NFL free agency, just see if you can muster one up. Kicker Greg Zerline, he signs with the New York Jets. That's Zwerline, okay? Uh, tell us everything you know about Greg Zwerline.
4: <laughs> Zwerline, Bigfoot. I mean...
2: <laughs> uh, I think his nickname is Legatron or something like that. <laughs> Greg the Leg. <laughs>
4: No, Bigfoot foot is perfect. <laughs> no, he's got a big foot. To have a guy that can kick that deep, I mean, you can actually put him in. And the thing, Stugatz, about Greg the leg is usually if he's going to have to kick a 63-yarder to win a game, you're going to be able to get a hand on it because those are usually low trajectory. Right. I don't think I've ever seen a kicker that can get to the bottom of the ball and launch it at a trajectory at that distance and still get it there. Uh, Extraordinary, extraordinary trajectory on those, those longer kicks. And, and anything inside a 40 is a layup for him. Uh, It's a, it's a joke. That's a no brainer. And one of the great pickups, he should have been a first round draft pick.
2: I want to end it right there because it's perfect. And you, except for the first round draft pick, he got carried away. But you nailed Greg
4: the leg. <laughs> no, but people undervalue kickers. Like Ray yeah. Guy should have been a first round draft pick. I agree. He might have been. Was He He was later round, wasn't he?
2: He was a later round pick,
4: but eventually made the Hall of Fame, yes. And, and there aren't enough kickers and punters in the Hall of Fame. Ray Guy may have been the first. Right. And look how important field position is. And and we just didn't understand how far ahead Ray Guy was of the game with hang time. Didn't matter how far his punts were. They got covered. Yes, you're right. And same, same thing with Greg the Lake, man. Should have been a first-round draft pick.
2: I stand by that. <laughs> okay. I know you will. Billis, how are you so good at this and bullshitting? <laughs> I, I was born a bullshitter. It's easy. <laughs>
4: that's why he became an attorney hey you you should have seen me the the my best bullshit ever was i um i missed a math test when i was in sixth grade right and back then in southern california some of the schools were overcrowded so we had these things called portable classrooms they had little wooden steps up to them it was Yeah, like we had a trailer too. yeah almost like a trailer so i missed a math test and right. so i was Made to take it the next day, and I was sitting outside. The teacher had asked me to go outside and take the test, and uh, and meanwhile she was grading the test with the class. I could hear the whole thing while I was taking the test. So what was I supposed to do? I mean, what was I supposed to do? Like put put sand in my ears, so I got everything right, and <laughs> you know, turned the paper in, uh, turned the test in, and later on she called me up to her desk, and she said. Uh, I hate to say this, but I think you may have cheated on this. And I'm like, I'm, what are you kidding? I mean, I can't believe you said that. And she said, all right, there's, and she said, there's no work shown here. And she said, tell me how you got to this. And so I totally BS my way through it. Cause the whole thing was just me writing down what I was hearing. I don't. And so I came up with something and I said, and that's, that's how I got to that answer. And she she put the pencil she put her pencil down and she took her glasses off and she said, "I owe you an apology. I thought you <laughs> cheated, but clearly you know this." And uh, and and I just you know told Holy her shit. don't don't worry about it. And I just walked back to my chair and like you know I had to change my pants after I that. I accept
2: your apology. It's okay. Because <laughs> what
4: was I gonna do? I might time. as well hold the line. I might as well hold the line. You know, oh no I no just that's good.
2: I would pay any amount of money to get a hold of that sixth grade test and (laughs) have you explain how you got to the answers. (laughs) That is such a great move by you, a great move by the teacher, and then you checkmated her by actually having (laughs) bullshitting the ways that you got to the answers. (laughs) Because that's a great response
4: by the teacher, you would agree, right? Well, then I never had to show work after that. I had great credibility that (laughs) –
2: Jay, in that spot you gotta get a couple wrong purposely. Like you have all the answers. You gotta make it look like, hey, I'm not
4: perfect and get a ninety instead of a hundred, you know? I think I would have been caught if I tried to appear like I'm not perfect. That would have been the giveaway. <laughs> okay. The hundred was was really elible. <laughs>
2: and then your infinite knowledge of how to get to the answer. Holy shit, I love that. Mikey, let's have a sixth grade test for Billis next time he's here, okay?
1: Yeah,
2: okay. All right. Uh, Jay, we appreciate it. Get out of here. Always. Uh You're the best. I, I love doing with this. Uh, in fact, I would like to do this outside of basketball season. when we bring you on as an expert on anything? Is that fair? That'd be great. I'd love that. Okay, okay good. Because I think you enjoy that more than you do talking college hoop. I do. It is kind of fun. Yeah. It's I know major. it
4: is. We, we, we found some there. I All made right, a, brother. Be I good. made a
2: career out of it. Thank you, Jay. See you, buddy. Mike, I'm telling you, I don't think I've heard a better bullshitter in the history in my lifetime uh, than Jay Billis, which speaks volumes about, uh, listen, he went to Duke. (laughs) He's an attorney. And I think that combination can possibly make you, the combination of Duke and being an attorney, can make you the greatest bullshitter in the history of bullshitting, you know?
1: You wonder if he would have really had the grades and the the knowledge to pass the bar or if he just kind of bullshitted his way through it. Because either way, I want to hire him. If I need a lawyer, I
2: want to hire him. I think next time we have him on, you have to ask him if he actually took the bar or did he bullshit his way through it? Does he actually have a law degree? Or does he just show up in court and play the bar? Phyllis, man. That guy is so good. Uh, Anything new on Mercedes Lewis, Mike?
1: (laughs) No, nothing new on Mercedes Lewis, (laughs) Stu.
2: Has he made any more demands, Aaron Rodgers, since since we spoke 24 minutes ago?
1: Yeah, he wants Ryan Grant to come out of retirement now. Go get him. running back. (laughs) Go get him.
2: undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most.